Hello and welcome back to this What the Fork Sunland review show. The 1 1 draw is back as a solid second half display from the lads ensured. We left Ipswich Town's Portman Road with a well earned point. And for the second week running, we are sans an opposition guest, but nonetheless, we have a very nice panel with us. To discuss today's game as a former Sunland left back, myself, and a returning guest. First up, Brad, you're returning for the first time in a few weeks. And I've got to make this point here. Long story short, our phone's been all right when you've not been on the show. You've returned and uh, we drew 1-1, mate. How are you doing? Are you all right? Feel guilty at all? Now that you've put it that way, yeah, I feel really guilty. <laughs> no, um, I'm good, mate. Uh, it's great to be back. Um, nice to speak to you again. At some point, Dave Lawrence might join us as well. He just tried to. Um, he just is, actually, come to think of it. But before we introduce Dave, who's currently getting on, as I said before, we have a current left... Uh, sorry, current left-back as well. It's been a while, hasn't it, Danny? Let's be honest. We have a, a former left-back. Uh, you probably noticed. Frankie's right-hand man, Danny Collins. How are you doing? You all right? Yeah, I'm OK, Graham. Thanks very much. Uh, no nice, to, nice to be on. I think there's a lot of people really panicking there that was going to introduce Brendan Galloway, but thankfully you came through, Danny, in the end. <laughs> Um, Dave, you joined us just in time. We said you might be joining us. You have joined us. How are you doing, Dave? You all right? Yeah, not bad at all. Thanks, mate. A bit crazy downstairs, but we'll, uh, we'll escape for 15, 20 minutes. Good crack, mate. So we'll start straight from the top. Obviously, as I said in the uh, in the intro, we've came up with what I would say a well-earned 1-1 draw. Lost a little bit of ground on the top two, Brad, but how are you feeling after the game? Um, Danny touched on it uh, post-match, really. I think it was... A fair result in the end. I think first half we just didn't get going. Ipswich were the better side and probably is good value for the for the uh, for the lead. Although they didn't really test us too much. Um, mm. But second half it was just a completely different team for me. We got out. We got at them straight away. Um, pressed them high and got a call back. And to be fair, we should have probably scored a second with Stewart. Uh, went through one on one. But I know that we're in a bit of form. Ipswich have been out of form. But still, I think going away from home and getting a point against a team that you still expect could end up up there is a good point as long as you win your home games. You'll take a point away. Yeah, I think it's it's probably just getting rid of the more Oxford 1-1s at home and the, the Shrewsbury's against 10 men. It's Games like today in in um, isolation, I don't think are bad results. But, but Danny, you obviously have, have done this before. None of us on here have, to my knowledge anyway. You probably came up against sides that have just had a new manager appointed. I know he wasn't there today, but you'll want to impress him. Um, is that a good point in the circumstances? Yeah, I think, uh, yeah, you mentioned it there. I think it's a couple of times this season where we've come up against the side who have a newly appointed manager. On a, although he wasn't on the touchline, I think he was obviously up in the stands watching. He's probably gone in to speak to the lads before the game, but he let John McGreal take the game. But yeah, possibly it does give these lads a, a lift almost to to go and impress a new manager. I don't think it should, but sometimes that's the case. And obviously, some lads who perhaps haven't been getting a game, uh, it's an opportunity for them to, to try and shine and stand out with the new manager watching as well. But uh, no, I think, as Brad's mentioned there, and I mentioned it after the game, I think over the course of 90 minutes, um, we weren't at it today, our best, certainly. We had a 10-15 minute spell in the second half, really, and we got the goal, you know, straight after half-time. I think the frustrating thing is we, we see what we're capable of when we can string a few passes together. And that's exactly what happened for the goal. And almost, as you mentioned there, Ross Stewart nearly had another one straight away after that as well with another nice passing move. But we just didn't see enough of that today. We were loose on our passing. Uh, we were second to a lot of those loose balls in the first half, especially. And, and sometimes that's just how the game goes. You know, the good work in the, in the previous couple of games for me, we've done all that dirty, gritty work 
in the midfield, Winchester, Dan Neal getting on top. First half, it wasn't there. We didn't stick the ball well enough up top. But we went in 1-0 down at half-time. And as Brad's mentioned, for, for say for all their play they had, and they were dangerous down our left-hand side, Hoffman didn't really have too many saves to make, did he, in that first half? So while it's at 1-0, you come out second half, you hope you can improve, which we did, and we managed to get the goal. So I'd say getting back on the bus tonight there, Lee Johnson and the lads will be relatively pleased with that. Dave, we discussed last week about how when something press high up the pitch and they kind of go at teams, no one really copes with us. And in the main, I, I 100% agree with that. First half is exactly what we didn't do. Uh, Danny's touch on losing the loose balls and not getting not getting to those loose balls. And, and we'll come on to it further, but being maybe physically bullied out of it first half. Second half, probably the, the best of Sunderland and what we kind of saw in the past few weeks. But how are you feeling in the aftermath of the game, Dave? Yeah, I mean, I, I think I think first half, it was just a case of, like, we've been used for a couple of good performances. Um, mm. And just because we haven't hit them dizzy heights, if that's what you want to call it, um, we've kind of, everyone's had a little bit of a whinge, a little bit of a mourn and stuff like that. But that's what happens, I'm sure, with Daniel Attesto it more than me being a, a ex-professional footballer. But if you don't, if you don't press properly, if you do it half-arsed, there's room in behind you all the time. And the second balls, they tend to go into the space where the opposition are coming forward at you. And I think that's what happened to you. It was just like the odd little 50-50, the ball ricocheting. And because we haven't quite the defense haven't pushed up with the midfield, the midfield haven't pushed up with the center forwards. I think it's just kind of left us a little bit more exposed than we should be. But, yeah, second half, I mean, you know, we we all know how much we have a love in with Ross Stewart on this show. I'm really gutted that he didn't score, to be honest. But, yeah, it's, hey, it's not bad. The one thing I was worried about today was, I, I guess I saw the, this being another one of Sunderland's big tests this year. And every other one that we've had so far, we've came up short, Portsmouth. Um, anytime we've had a game in hand, we've came up short and we haven't won the game or we haven't done ourselves justice. I think today, the fact that we haven't gotten beat, it keeps that run of form going. I know you can kind of go, all oh, seven points from nine then, but if you look at it over five games, it's seven points from 15. Obviously, that's not the position we're in, but it just keeps that run of form going, doesn't it? And I'm sure, you know, not getting beat breeds confidence, doesn't it? It's another game on the on the on the streak, and I, I think I said in the preview show I I I'd said one one and terrible at predictions, but hey ho, I'm actually quite good this week. But I said I'd take a draw in the circumstances. I think Ipswich are on paper one of the top two sides in the league. Obviously, they're not there at the moment, and you, you don't play games on you don't play games of football on paper. But I think they will start to push on. I think the, the point they made is quite forward thinking. But but Brad, one point that we've all sort of touched on sporadically there. Um, the performance first half was below what our classes, um, at least our best, or certainly below our standards. The worry for me is that when we come up against a side who is tough, physical, or, or play tough, or play physical, we look a little bit fragile. And, and I think the easy answer would be to say, well, we've got a load of young kids in the team, you know, that your Dan Neils, your, your Callum Dawes, and stuff like that. Um, the first half was a little bit like that today for me. How, how do we remedy that in the, the second half of the season, not getting bullied out of games? To be fair, we, we just need to be more consistent in playing our own game. Forget what the opposition are doing. Um, to be fair, I don't think Ipswich were, they're not really that physical. Um, they were just quite good at getting in, be especially when Gooch was at left back, they were good at getting in behind with the ball over the top. Um, that causes all sorts of problems and their goal came from down that side as well. Um, 
But I, I don't really worry about other teams in the league and how physical they are. Because I think we've got players more than capable of, of playing around that. Um, and we have got the players like Bailey White and Flanagan, if it needs to get a bit dirty, they're more than capable of stepping up and, and protecting the young boys as well. Um, so, yeah. Danny, same sort of question to you, but in a, in a different slant, because obviously you've played as a young lad. You've played, yeah. obviously, as an experienced pro. So you've probably had both. You've, you've had that probably kick up the arse and someone trying to rough you up. You've probably done it to them, vice versa. Um, is it a lot to do with the, the age of the squad that maybe they're a little bit wet behind the ears sometimes? Or is it a case of the way Sunderland set up, we are a little bit too nice? Yeah, possibly. I think you could see first half today. Um, the first three or four occasions that Hoffman had the ball, then he, he's put it down on his six-yard line and the centre-halves have split as if, obviously, we're programming to trying to play out. That's the way that Lee Johnson wants us to play. But Ipswich pressed us. You know, they changed their shape. They went with the diamond, the Luka, just in behind the two strikers, pushed right on. And it was it was almost, we weren't sure, do we want to try and play out? But we never. And I said on comms, just drop it into Ross Stewart. You know, he's big enough, just clip a, a flat ball into him, play in their half, you know, take their four or five press out of the game. And then let's go and play in that half because we weren't at it. And that's where, going back to the Portsmouth game, the lads, I know people will say, well, should Lee Johnson not be changing it? But for me, we've got enough senior lads in there to, to, to go with the young lads to say, listen, lads, we're not quite at it. Let's just drop it in. Let's almost make the game a little bit ugly, you know, go a little bit more direct. Um, but the, And as soon as we tried to put it down, we tried to play out. You probably remember first half, he played one to Flanagan. It was a bit nervy, went across the box to Doyle. We almost got caught out. We give a throw in away. So at times you've got to, you know, play the conditions or play how, how well the opposition are doing. Now they they came out today, they had a good crowd in there, didn't they? It was like a carnival atmosphere, they had all the flags going on and they started bright. They were on the front foot. I thought the lad on the right hand side, Wes Burns, was was lively, wasn't he? Up against Lyndon Gooch and he was getting the better of him. So yeah, sometimes it's 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 about uh, you know changing it up and, and mixing it up. And I think whether that comes from the dugout or whether that comes from, as you say there, your Bailey Wrights, Flanagan's. Uh, even Ross Stewart, you know, he's he's not a young lad, is he, um, in, in terms of his age and stuff, but just mix the game up. And even if you go over the top, we've got we've got pace in the team up there. You know, Ross can get going, can't he, when he's when he's on the move. Um, you know, broadhead sharp, and he there's not too many centre halves who'll keep up with him. Stretch the play, forces them back, then them, then them gaps open up. But we didn't do that enough. We didn't adjust the game, I didn't feel at times today in that first half. Um we didn't see Pritchard for the first 15 minutes. I said to Frank, I wasn't sure if he touched it within the first 15 minutes. Um, couldn't get Broadhead into the game. Diaku struggled up against his man at times. Uh, he put that one cross in, didn't he? But other than that, we, we weren't an attacking threat at all. And then and then I, felt I couldn't get Dan Neal into the game. Then all of a sudden, we come out second half. And Dan Neal's involved in that first five, ten minutes of that second half. He's seen a lot of the ball. And then he picks the pass out for the goal. So... And I said it before, when Dan Neal's having a good game, when he's involved, he's a massive influence on the team, albeit he's, what, 19, 20-year-old. So, uh, yeah, I just think, uh, I know people will look at when we come up against the top teams and perhaps they will not respect us as much as your Morecambe's and some of the lesser sides and they'll sit off Morecambe's and they, whereas these other teams will think, do you know what, we're at home. Yes, it's Sunderland, but we're going to go and press them. Um, and that's where we've got to learn to adapt and try and be a little bit more streetwise, I think. Dave, so the same question to you, I think. We've obviously been on the majority of these shows after games and there has been games where we've kind of gone, oh, they just bullied us a bit and it was a bit frustrating and, and Danny's made some really good points there. But do you think that's something that the current squad can remedy or would you like to see someone, a bit of a bruiser coming in the middle? Because for a long time we spoke about bringing in a pacey, strong, 
dirty bastard in the middle of the pitch, pretty much, haven't we? But do you think that do you think that that's um is that going too far? Can can this side just remedy it? Yeah, I've, yeah. I mean, someone like Carl Winchester. Carl Winchester's been around long enough to be able to get a hold of people as well, surely. But he has, so he has. Yeah, yeah. It's it's one of them, isn't it? It's kind of. I guess we've screamed out for a for a athletic kind of centre midfielder, big, strong, box to box type for for years, really. But Max, Max Power. Yeah. I, oh, Dave, Dave stopped there. They, uh, you, I said Max Power, you froze. I'm keeping that in because that, that kind of works. Um, you were saying, though, sorry, repeat well, well, that again, Dave. Yeah, you were saying because, uh, someone nice and strong in the middle, you said. I suggested Max Power, you froze. Yeah, I mean, it's probably just as well you didn't hear what I said about the Max Power comment, let's be honest. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I, it would, yeah, I'd, I'd love to see someone like that, but I still think there's enough in that squad to be able to, you know, Yes, they're learning their craft as they go, some of them, but there is, Danny and Brad both said, there's enough in there to be able to get through it, you know? And it is, isn't it? For the sake of fine margins, isn't it? Very fine margins. If if they're pressing us that high that we can't play a short ball kick, and by the way, for years, upon like since we had Jack Ross, the amount of times we played long goal kicks straight down the middle and it goes nowhere and just comes straight back at us. So I am all for playing out from the back, by the way. But if they're pushed up, if they're pushing on, and the only way they're pushing on works is by pushing four or five players on, there is space in behind. So if you knock three or four goal kicks over the top of them, they're going to have to start thinking to themselves, right, do we drop off? Do we keep pushing on? Do we? What do we do here? And it just changes the game. It's them very little fine margins, isn't it? Um, yeah. So, yeah, I, I, but I, I still think, to answer the question, I still think there's enough in there to to kind of, you know, Winchester's had a great season, hasn't he? He's been brilliant at right wing back. And to be honest, before before this season, I was worried with Winchester. I didn't think he was a very good centre midfielder. But even since he's come back in there, it shows you how much of it's probably his confidence with him, really, because he's had a good run in the side and he, he hasn't looked bad in the centre of the park either. You know, it's just a case of working out everybody's roles and, I think Winchester's like, you know, rat about, get the ball, give it to Dan Neal and the boy wonder. He, he can certainly spot the pass, can't he? I, I love thought, how you uh, brought me on to Dan Neal because that was my question, Brad. Are you going to speak nicely about Dan Neal at this point? <laughs> yeah, I was just going to touch on the end of Winchester. We're seeing another side of the day because I thought he was going to take Bailey Wright's head off. Um, Bailey dropped one just in behind him. Look, Bailey actually done nothing wrong. He was like on the, on the half turn. He does not want to win chest and Winchester had to give a foul away and got a yellow and I've, I've never seen that side of him. See that, Danny? He was screaming at him. Yeah, yeah, he did. Uh, Bailey brought it down well, didn't he? He was driving forward and he just reversed it back to uh, Winchester, who was slightly on his heels, wasn't he, if anything? And then he's had to bring the lad down, uh, took the yellow card, and then he's he's got into Bailey, hasn't he? As if to say, I think he's sort of saying, why didn't you just carry on running with it? Uh, don't mind that myself, you know. I don't mind lads getting hold of each other. As as Dave's mentioned, sometimes you need a bit of that to, to get the lads going because... I know fans have accused us maybe of being a little bit too nice and we need a few lads in there who can get, get stuck into each other. Nothing wrong with it. You, you get in the showers after, get back on the bush and you're best of friends again. But while you're out on that pitch over that 90 minutes, you want to be driving each other on and pushing each other in. No, I think I think Winchester's been excellent at right back and then last few weeks in the middle of the park, even today, there was one first half, I think, I think Bailey Wright played a ball into Ross Stewart's feet and he slipped and then they broke and Bailey was out and Winchester... You know, bust the gut to get back in, made a great tackle. 
came away with the ball and he's doing that ugly side of the game well as well, I think, in there. I'm a big fan of Winchester, to be fair, Brad, but um, seventh assist for Dan Neal. I, I hate to be someone who just waxes lyrical, like we always do after every game, but he's bloody good, isn't he? How good of a season is he having? He's having a great season and you just, yeah, I don't think you can really say anything bad about him. Um, he had, when he's had his little dip in, I would even say a dip in form, I think that's when the whole team really did, um, just sort of dipped. But like you say, if Dan Neal plays well, I think he's pulling the Sounds rest of the team well. forward. Absolutely. Um, yeah. the, the vision for that goal was brilliant. Like he's just got it, turned his man quickly and head up and he's just slotted him through. Um, and he was looking at uh, he, he pulled out a couple of passes second half, didn't he? Um, down the left-hand side, just threaded it in behind where Hume was getting around the back. And the weight on them was absolutely perfect. Yeah. Um, I, I was going to say it's about time he got another goal, but then I realised he scored last week. He did. Um, <laughs> but it's just, he's it, just, he's brilliant. Um, he's everything I think that we've been wanting for a long time, just that playmaker in the middle of the park. It just seems like when the ball comes to him, no matter which way he's facing, he'll always make himself half a yard just by turning his man as if he's not even there. Without even using a step over or anything fancy, it's just an old school, brilliant centre midfielder. Um, long may it continue, to be honest, because he, he's, he's, he's class. And, it's uh, nice that he's won a ball run as well, isn't it? It's nice that he's, won, he's, nice that he's summoned yeah. as well, like that, that adds extra to it. But I think, I think I, I don't know, I mean, my football knowledge, believe it or not, is very poor. I look at it very basically. At this level, you see two kind of players. You see a player that is quite good when he's on the ball or is industrious, or you see a player that's destined for the divisions above, be it championship or premiership, that just sees things, two passes, before they actually happen. Danny, you know a bit more about playing football than I do. Um, when you watch Daniel, do you see a player that is just above this standard already? Yeah, I think... I, I used the word silky the other week, I think, and when that ball comes into him, and as Brad says, whenever he's got a man up right up tight behind him, he's just got this knack, and you see it every game. He, he threw one in today. It's almost like a 180. He just rolls his man, comes out the other side with him. He's not phased whether he's in the middle third of the pitch, if he's around the edge of his own box. And that's what I like about him. He's, I think he's just turned 20, hasn't he? Yeah. Um, but he plays like he's in his, his mid to late 20s. It uh, doesn't phase him. And you, you'd probably think as well, with a young lad who's, it's his break, Breakthrough season, if we're honest, isn't it? Uh, playing for his, his team, expectations on him massive because we're obviously expecting to be up there competing for automatics, let alone uh, playoffs. But doesn't look like anything phases him. And we, we obviously spoke to him on the podcast and he, he talks above his years as well. You know, he's, he's level-headed. Um, but yeah, and I just think as soon as, whenever Dan Neal's in the game, it makes us tick. And that's what we've seen today. And if you give him time and space, 25, 30 yards out, he'll pick those passes, as, as Brad mentioned there. You get a lot of lads at this level who'll see the pass, but they'll either put too much on it, they'll underhit it, but nine times out of ten, he puts the right weight to pass on it, doesn't he? He puts the right weight on it. The one for Denver there, got to the byline, looked to pull it back, got cut out for the corner, but it's just those little things, what you see. And as you say, yeah, hopefully it'll be with us. We can go up through the leagues. But yeah, I'm sure, Dan, you know, a few years' time, you'll see him right at the top. I worry a little bit. Like obviously, I want to get up. We all want to get up and get promoted. But my one of the concerns is if we don't, how long do we hang on to him? He's not going to sit in, in League One for too long, is he? If we don't go up, that's a problem. No, I I, I don't think you could have a pop at him either. Let's be honest. No. I think um, there's got to be clubs, you know, certainly higher up, having a look at him. Word gets round, of course it does, and uh, I'm sure there's scouts out there having a look at him. Um, 
you know, whether, see what happens at the end of this season. You'd hope if we do get, manage to get promoted, he might be keen to stay, go on again with us, championship, and see what happens from there. But if you get some of the big big teams coming to have a look at him, an offer comes in, it's obviously hard for, for the club to say no, and it's hard for Dan to say no. 100 million for me, if anyone's listening. Maybe 150, if you're lucky. Um, Dave, I wanted to touch on uh, Diaku, obviously went off first half today with um, an injury of sort. The, the tackle the tackle was shopping. Um, the, the tackle was like, if that was, I think, Embleton for me the other week, there was a bit of a debate around Embleton's tackle against Gillingham. For me, it was a, a definite red. So if I'm saying that's a definite red for me, that, that is as well today. But ultimately, again, you don't want to discuss it. But League One referees, um, they just don't get better, do they, Dave? They don't, miss. No, there was, a, there was a few things today. And I'm just like... <laughs> Hey, it, it's the word inconsistency, isn't it? It's just, although I suppose you could con, con, say that consistent. consistently consistent. Yeah, consistent. Inconsistent. But it's just absolute madness, isn't it? I mean, you know, just just to speak on Jack's performance today, I, I actually watched the game with my old man, and my dad was like, oh, he, look, he looks, he doesn't look very good today compared to other weeks, does he? And I said, that's why he's on loan from a big club. Because it's basically yeah. his body strength, isn't it? It's just the physicality. He was, you know, he was against a clever left back today and he's had him in his pocket a little bit. There was a couple of times he's tried to get a run on him. And to be honest, the last couple of weeks, he's given people a two-yard head start and still getting in front of them. Defender's a bit clever at the deer. He's got his body in the way. Diaco's getting a little bit frustrated. Alex Pritchard, he got very frustrated today as well. So I'm throwing his arms at the ref a couple of times, which... Yeah, I threw my arms at the ref on the screen a couple of times, if I'm honest. But yeah, it's it's just one of them. It's it's not going to get any better. It's as simple as that. We just got to deal with it. That's what that's what I want to ask Danny. When it comes to a, I'm sure you've been on a pitch where a ref's been not the best, uh, for want of a better word, and everything's going against you. And you can see these things happening. We've seen it even worse last week. Poor yeah. day again. Poor just about every other week. As a player, because you know it's not going to change, how do you deal with that and how should the players be dealing with the, the level of poor decisions going against us at the minute? Yeah, it's, it's frustrating, of course it is. And, and, you know, you have these meetings before the season and stuff and they tell you not to get on the ref's back and blah, blah, blah. But, you know, you're in the heat in the moment, heat of battle, a lot of pressure on uh, and big decisions can go against you. You know, you go back to the one last week where Dan Neal's driving at the goal, wasn't he? Kamara trips him up. I think 30,000 people have seen it apart from the referee and the linesman on the far side. And it's how do you not react to that? Then you've got Lee Johnson in the fourth official's ear on the touchline and then he grasses him up to the referee over his headset. Doesn't it? It's pathetic. Like, so is he supposed to be delighted on the touchline that he's not seen it? Now, what if Plymouth break, score 2-2? Two, two, that's, uh, that's cost us two points, hasn't it? So it's, it's these big decisions which can go against. And then you see today, I mean, the one second half, I think it was, where Daniel went to clear it, didn't he? It came back to him. He blew up and he gave a drop ball, but it wasn't a. He didn't drop the ball between one of our lads and one of theirs. He, he gave the ball to them. I couldn't tell you what that was for. Do you remember it second half? Yeah. And then you're thinking, well, what's what's going on there? And it's just these little things. But then the crowd feed off it as well. You can see last week the crowd were getting agitated, weren't they? And then it boils down onto the pitch and stuff. But listen, you could say they're refing at this level for a reason. And you know, I've not been a referee, I've been a player, and I know it's a, a difficult job. You've got to have eyes in the back of your head to see things, and you're hoping that the linesman can help you out or the fourth official, but at times they don't, and you feel that all the decisions are going against you. Now, 
you could probably, I don't know, Cambridge played Rotherham today, didn't they? You could probably see that game and there's probably, Cambridge might come off and feel that they were hard done to for certain decisions. So it's probably not just us, it's probably other teams as well it's happening to. But at this moment in time, we just feel like a lot are going against us in, in games. Now, luckily, the one last week, he had a shocking second half, but it didn't it didn't affect us in a way. We managed to get the win, didn't we? So it's getting, just hope, hope they improve some way. Yeah, you don't. You never want to discuss it. And like when I wrote it down, and obviously the things we'd discuss, I was like, oh, for God's sake, I don't really want to discuss that because like it's it's so like you know you're not fit. A referee is the most League One chant ever, isn't it? So it's like, <laughs> but yeah. we do sing it for a reason these days. The only way to stop it is to get out the league. <laughs> End of the day, that's a very Everyone's valid got, point. The referees are going to be shite for everyone, to be honest. Um, I mean, there was another point today as well. The referee gave us a throw, then his linesman gave it the other way. Um, but all their lads were already back defending and everyone had to change. And then 30 seconds later, Gooch got a throw in and the fourth official's having a little word and Gooch is here. And I was like, what is going on here? They're all just trying to get involved. And it's just like, get out this league. Might want an autograph. Might want an autograph. Get back to the the Premier League, Brad, and get annoyed with VAR instead, yeah? Yes. I'll just stay nice. in the championship and then I'd be a championship, better referee. Yeah. <laughs> just <laughs> have to mess about with that. Just live in between. Um, I wanted to come to you, Brad, about Nathan Broadhead. Um, I could wax lyrical about him for ages, but basically that's five and five. There's obviously a close in his contract that he can be recalled in January. Um, Calvert Lewin's still injured. Solomon Rondon's not exactly pulling up trees. I spoke to his mum when I had a few Jack Daniels last week on Twitter and told him that he told her that he has to stay. I regret that, but she did say he's, <laughs> he's loving it, is what she said. Um, but are you worried we could lose him? Because when you're scoring every game and you've strikers, I mean, Everett not exactly pulling up trees, he's 23. Could we lose him? No, I don't think we will. Um, I, I think there's a big, big jump between League One and Premier League. Uh, I know at the start of the season, he was on the bench for, for Everton a couple of games. I think he might even made one appearance. Um, and I know lately Benitez has been thrown in the young ones. There was a, a lad who scored, who was at Carlisle, I think, last season. He scored against Chelsea the other night. Yeah, he did. So there is a slight worry. Um, but for me, I, I just think it might be too soon for him to go back. If if or if at all, I mean, he's 23-year-old. If he was in their plans, I don't think they'd have let him go. Um, I'm more confident of us actually signing him permanently, if I'm honest. I hope so. Um, obviously, I think a lot of people think he's contacts up in six months because there's a few sites on the internet that say that. 18 months. It's 18 months. You're absolutely right. For some bizarre reason, it, it says it's got like his end contract at Sunland on, on, I think it's Transfer Market, which a lot of people go by, which is obviously very good. If you want to sponsor the show, feel free. Transfer Market, that's no problem at all. Very cheap. Um, but yeah, I, I actually agree with you. I think, I, I think for me, he wants to stay he probably just want to win promotion and then maybe give himself a, a, a crack at it. But with Dave, Nathan Broadhead, we said before about Ross Stewart's goals and how important that could be. Broadhead's now becoming more of the focal point um, in terms of goal scoring. How important is Nathan Broadhead and his current form to, to Sunderland being the difference between promotion and playoffs? Yeah, hey, doesn't matter where the goals come from, does it? As long as the goals are coming from somewhere. Um, yeah, I mean, Ross... It's nice to see two. <laughs> oh, I almost, I'm going to mention him again, aren't I? But it's nice Ross to Stewart. see two. Yeah, yeah, well, him, but also, you know, get well soon, Charlie, but not my greatest footballer fan ever, Charlie White, because it's just so pleasant to see two mobile forwards, you know, whose all round game 
even if they're not scoring, bring something to the game. Um, so yeah. yeah, I'm all for it. It's I think we said we said last week, didn't we? With with Broadhead, he's he looks as though he's got enough enough in his locker to move up another level and play in the championship. And that's something which I think since we come down to League One, certain players that we've had on our books don't look as though they could take a step up with us. I think Ross Stewart mm-hmm. can. I think Nathan Broadhead can. You know, Doyle, the like of them, okay, granted with Doyle, it might not be with us. But they're players who look as though they can take us up. And, and that's how you should be, for me, as a as a pauper, as a, as a football fan, that's what you should be doing. When you're looking to try and win titles or try and win promotion, especially from lower leagues, you should be building squads which are capable of then going to like try and have a go the season after the previous years, I wouldn't have been too happy going up with the squad that we would have had and trying to reincorporate another 12, 14, 16 players into a squad, you know, whereas with this one, you can see four or five players would probably go and compete mid-level championship, if I'm honest. Well, again, just my opinion. No, I I think so as well. I think um, I'm often Lee Johnson's biggest critic. I know that. Um, Probably still am. But, you know, the, the players that the recruitment team and Lee Johnson have brought in are players that I feel like can, can grow with us. We've touched on Dan Neal. Obviously, he's an academy product, but Broadhead, potential signing. Ross Stewart, I think, could make the step up as well. And there's a lot of players within that team where I think that the step up is possible with it. And ultimately, like you say, I think that's kind of what we want, isn't it? We want players where we can go up and we're not having to build a complete new infrastructure of a team. Um, I think... In general, most of us are really happy with the result. I think it is a good point away from home. We've all kind of said that in a roundabout way, but we've, we've lost ground on Rotherham and, and Wigan again. Wigan, who scored in the last minute again, James McLean, obviously a big popular guy at Sunderland. Um, Danny, you were part of that Roy Keane team uh, that won points consistently in the last minute. What will these late goals be given to Wigan in the context of the entire season and their, their, their aim for promotion? I think it's just a massive confidence booster, isn't it? That, as you say there, they keep chipping away and keep going right till the death, really. Um, that's all you can do, you know, when it's a tight game and that. Sometimes if they come from behind, they might think, right, we've, we've took a point now, that'll do us. But they seem to keep on going, don't they? I think a couple of weeks ago, they were 2-0 down at, at Cambridge, weren't they, with about mm-hmm. eight minutes to go and they managed to nick a point there. So as frustrating as it is for, for the likes of us and the other teams up there who keep seeing these results at the, the full-time whistle, You've got to give them credit. Uh, I've got some good experience and I put them in the same bracket as Ipswich, really. In the in the, in the off-season, they had a lot of incoming sorry, and outgoings, didn't they? And you don't know often how it's going to work. You know, you've just mentioned there, you go back to, to Roy taking over. He brought a lot of a lot of new faces in, didn't they? And thankfully, we, we managed to gel quite quick and went on to, to get promoted. Um, Wigan, uh, right up there, I'd, I'd expect them to be there t- till the end of the season. I expect Ipswich to, to kick on now, I'd imagine, with the new manager coming in. Um, so it, it's frustrating for us, but that's, that's how you've got to be. If you want to get promoted and be successful, you've got to keep going uh, for the 90 minutes. It's a bit of a cliche, isn't it? You know, It only takes a, a minute to score a goal, and they keep proving that time and time again. I think from, from our perspective, you want to concentrate on your own results, and the last thing you want to do is, is mention a promotion rival, but... As you said before, it's going to give them confidence. They're going to keep thinking they're going to do it. Is, is that a problem for Sunderland, that we're going to score and that many goals in Rotherham are looking so good? Because obviously we don't want to be the third best team in this league. We want to be the first or the second, don't we? 
not there's still a long way to go. We're at the, is it 23 we've played now or 22? We're, we're at the halfway stage, aren't we? Near enough, about, so, pretty yeah, much. so there's still, you know, what is this, 60 odd points to play for, 69 points or so, still a long way to go. Uh, yeah, it's deflating. You come in, you, you probably come in today, as we've said. We'll take that point. We've not been at our best, but don't get beat. Start the game with a point and at least come away with one. And we've managed to do that. Um, but then you see, you look at your phone, you perhaps go, oh, look at them. They've nicked another another goal, a winner in the 93rd minute. So it does deflate you a little bit. But at the same time, I, I keep saying it when we're on air, you've got to look after your own job, haven't you? You've got to do your own job, get your own results. Yeah, it's a point today. We would have loved three, of course. We would, you know, three on the bounce would have been great. And they've, they've gained a little bit of space, but still a long way to go. We've had that dip a few weeks back. Hopefully it's a dip. You know, I don't, I don't expect us to go from now till the end of the season unbeaten. But at, at the same time, I hope we don't go where we go four or five games without a win. Do you know what I mean? You can lose the odd one now and then. Uh, I think it's five we've lost already, haven't we? So yeah. can't afford to lose too many more. But just so long as the, the lads go unbeaten, you know, you're grinding out results when you're not at it and you're picking up wins when you, when you are, then we'll, we'll, be, we'll be right up there at the end of the season. But some good teams in there, you know, other sides at Portsmouth, you'd expect them. They've had a bit of a go recently. Uh, Plymouth have dipped, but they've had a result today as well. So I, I, I said it before, I think if you finish above Rotherham, I think you're going up. I think they're the team to beat. I think they'll nick one of the two automatics. It's who goes up with them. And again, we don't really want to be in the playoffs, do we? No, definitely not, Danny. <laughs> definitely not. Brad, I'll come to you for the, the final question and the, the same to Danny, but um, same question as always. It's getting tight for me. It's looking like three out of, sorry, two out of three for me, if I'm honest. I know there's a lot of football to be played, but it's starting to look like that. Um, what does the result today mean in the context of Sunderland season for you? Um. It was it's a, it's a point. We've, we've gained a point to be honest. And just touching on oh, to the two above us, if we can stay within touching distance of them, you've got to think we've, Rotherham's still got to come to stage my light. Uh, we've still got Wigan to play, and we've already beat them twice this season as well. So I'm not too overly concerned as long as they're within striking distance, maybe two, three, four points, because they, they they will throw away a point. They've got to play each other as well. So like if we look after ourselves, we're still going to be in a good position, you know. Um, Today, poor first half, and it shows when we are at it for that 20, 25 minutes at the second half, what we can do, because um, we could have caught, scored two quick-fire goals. And who knows where, what would have happened after that, because uh, we're starting to look a little bit more defensively solid as well. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm liking Bailey right, right back, to be honest. I, I think he's he's came mm-hmm. back in and he's doing really well. Um, so I, I don't think today's result really defines anything for the rest mm-hmm. of the season. Um, it's just good that we haven't got beat and then there's a whole negativity again and then we go into Arsenal you, you, you know it's, I think the lads will take a little bit of heart from going away at Ipswich getting a point and look forward to Arsenal now have a little few days break we have an extra day of recovery for the Doncaster game um, I think a lot of their lads are out for I think they've had Covid so that'll be touch and go but I believe this game should be on if I, if the dates have worked out right Um so we can go to Doncaster if we can go and put them to bed because they're, they're really struggling. Yeah. Then we, we have that little bit more confidence. They've had a good night at the Emirates. Win, lose or draw, we've got that fire, you know. Go and put Doncaster to bed. Then we've got a home game. Everyone will be in good spirits against Chef Wed. And then the new year, we've got, we, have, we have Fleetwood coming up. So we've got some very good games coming up and it's, it's up to us how we, how we react to it. And then COVID's going to cancel it all. 
Hopefully. Now nah, Boris will cancel it, not COVID. You will, yes. Less about that, said about that man, the better, I think. I'm good. Um, Dave left just quickly there, Graham. I'm good. Dave left. I was going to ask uh, what you thought of the commentary today. But, um, oh, always terrible. Right, always <laughs> terrible. That's uh, why he's gone. That's why he left. That's why he disappeared. <laughs> um, I thank Danny, Dave, who's disappeared, who had a dash, and also Brad for, for joining me today. Um, do keep an eye out. I've recorded two podcasts today. There'll be another one out tomorrow. So, yep, uh, if you do enjoy listening to this, there will be another one tomorrow. Special for Arsenal because, let's be honest, we haven't played Arsenal in a while. That probably will be a while. So I took my chances whilst I could. Um, but Danny and Brad and Dave in his absence, thanks so much for joining me, lads. Yeah, no problem, Greg. Enjoyed it. Cheers, Graham.